It's a question that so many tennis fans ask each other nowadays and debate and even argue about who's the better tennis player, Rafa Nadal or Novak Djokovic. Well, we are going to discuss both players, but we're not going to discuss who's better as a player. We're going to discuss who had the best season out of the two. The 2022 season that they both played, they both had success throughout the, throughout the year. Different patches, as we'll discuss shortly, we're going to discuss the stats, the wins, the performances, and then ultimately, I'll give you guys um, my view on who I thought had the better 2022 season, but there's arguments to be made for both. Before we get into it, remember to that like button and do subscribe if you are new. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for your support. Also, do remember to leave a rating or review if you are listening on a podcast platform. Let's get into it. I mean, you can see on screen we've got uh, some of the more streamlined stats, let's say, for Nadal and Djokovic. And win percentage is quite a good stat, I feel, because you can talk about titles and you can talk about matches one, etc. But uh, for example, we talk about say Sissipas and Alcaraz. They've won a lot of matches right this year, but their win percentages aren't as high as Nadal and Djokovic, and that's because these two goats haven't played as much as uh, a lot of the other players. But the proportion of matches one is a lot higher, and I feel like that's a more accurate stat than total matches won. And you can see here, Djokovic is actually superior in that category. Um, thanks to actually the ATP finals, I think he was I think he was around the 82-83% mark before he started the ATP Tour finals. And then, of course, cleaned up there, won that title, and boosted it to 87%. Uh, you know, I think it goes without saying he's one of, if not the best indoor player of all time. I uh, will talk, of course, in a second as well about Nadal's prowess on the clay, especially. Uh, but you can see that 87% for Djokovic win percentage, 83% for Nadal. And then if you talk about Grand Slams, well, Nadal won the Australian Open, the first Grand Slam of the year in 2022, beating Daniel Medvedev, or Medvedev, sorry, even in a thrilling five-setter, coming back from two sets to love down to really pull off an incredible performance after being out for over six months uh, through injury and only playing the Melbourne Somerset prior to it. He, the last match he played before the Melbourne Somerset, which was a week before the Australian Open, was, uh, I know he played a couple of exhibitions, I'm not going to count those uh, because exhibition matches, uh, but the last match he played was actually Roland Garros, where he lost to Novak Djokovic in 2021. Uh, so he won the Australian Open beating, uh, you know, some decent players, but Medvedev, I think, is most impressive uh, along the way. And, yeah, I mean, it was a very, very good victory for him and one that I think surprised a lot of people. Then, of course, he went on to win Roland Garros, beating Novak Djokovic in the quarterfinals there, getting revenge after losing to him last year. Beat Kasparud in the final and uh, beat, well, beats Zverev, although Zverev did have to retire um, after uh, losing the first set tiebreaker, there was a second set tiebreaker, and it was a very tight match, but unfortunately got injured, so he had to retire. He was the one that was battling against Nadal in the semifinals there, but Nadal came through uh, very comfortably in the final against Kasparud, who has definitely, as a player himself, 
really cemented himself as one of the top players now around. I think people can safely say that after seeing the, the year as a whole. For Novak Djokovic, uh, he actually wasn't able to play the Australian Open due to, uh, well, I mean, it's really politics, I would say. And no matter what your opinion on it, I think <clears throat> from a more uh, you know, non-tennis aspect, I think everyone can agree that, you know, we all, all want to see the best players playing in all tournaments. And uh, sometimes that can't be the case because of injury or other circumstances. And that was just the case at the Australian Open. But he was back for Roland Garros, where, of course, as I said, he lost to Nadal. But his one major victory was against who in the final of Wimbledon? Nick Kyrgios. He won Wimbledon on the grass uh, in a very impressive fashion, I thought, Played a really good match against Yannick Sinner where he was two sets of love down and came back in true champion fashion. And he was impressive. He really was. Faced Cam Norrie in the semifinals. I mean, one of the, no offense, of course, to Cam Norrie, but one of the easier opponents that he would have expected in the semifinal of a Grand Slam, especially at Wimbledon. And then Nick Kyrgios definitely gave him problems. But, uh, of course, Nadal was due to face Kyrgios in the semifinals. He had to pull out due to an abdominal injury he'd suffered uh, prior, actually, to the Taylor Fritz match. And his serve was uh, very much um, <laughs> declining in pace against Taylor Fritz. Somehow managed to win a final set tiebreaker there, come back from two sets to one down. And then Nick Kyrgios didn't have to face Nadal, so he had that little bit of a break. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, starved of another Nadal-Djokovic final, although... Who knows, maybe Kyrgios would have beaten Nadal. He was playing that well in that tournament and throughout that period of the year. But Djokovic with an impressive Wimbledon victory and, of course, the uh, adding to really his collection of slams. He's now on 21 Grand Slams, Nadal on 22. And unfortunately for him, he wasn't able to compete again in the US Open, similar reasons to the Australian Open. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, of course, the one coming out on top there and, uh, we won't talk about him. I'll probably do a separate video on him because I feel like he deserves his own uh, video about his his season as a whole, uh, becoming one number one, winning his first Grand Slam, etc. And I feel like there's there's quite a bit to delve into with him. But uh, I, I do think that with the Australian Open coming up, and I know I'm going a bit off topic, it seems everyone's going to be available and hopefully fit. It's going to be an incredible tournament for sure. Uh, Masters 1000 tournament. Well, you can see that Nadal not winning, uh, not winning one uh, this year. But for Djokovic, he won the Paris Masters. A very well, sorry, he didn't win the Paris Masters. He lost to Holger Rune, of course, in the Paris Masters. He won the Rome Masters, which uh, he loves. He loves Rome. The crowd in Italy, or the crowds in Italy, even as we saw in Turin, as we see in Rome, they love Novak Djokovic. They have an affinity to him. I think. Not just because uh, he's a fantastic player, but because he speaks Italian fluently. And they love that, I think. And uh, I, I think they can relate to him quite a bit and they like his personality. So that's really good to see. And then if we talk about ATP finals, we're talking about, of course, uh, the tour finals and the fact that Djokovic went through that unscathed, didn't lose to anyone in the end. Uh, a very, very impressive victory in the end. Uh, by Djokovic and beating everyone in his path. Uh, some top, top wins there. And it was impressive, no doubt. I mean, beat Medvedev, beat Tsitsipas, beat Rublev, 
who did he face in the semis? He faced... Oh, I'm trying to remember now. Well, I know in the final he faced Casper Rude, and the semis he faced Taylor Fritz. So, look, I mean, <laughs> it was impressive from Djokovic, and he was pretty efficient, I thought, in the and very much up to his usual outstanding uh, kind of level in the first few matches. I think fell away a little bit because of fatigue as the tournament went on, but still managed to come through impressively. Uh, for Nadal, he won two 500 events. Uh, so, and well, a combination of 500s and 250s. Uh, we just, we can see they've been bunched together. So Melbourne, if I'm not mistaken, is the 250, which was the tournament just before the Australian Open. Uh, and I think the good thing about that tournament, despite it being a 250, and uh, again, no offense to the competition there, but he faced Maxine Cressy in the final, who is a very good like hardcore player, but he's not a top 10, top 15 player. So you have to bear that in mind. But it was more the case that that tournament was played on the Australian Open court. So I think it gave him a feel for the courts. And of course, he was fresh off playing on those courts and not just playing practice matches, but playing competitive matches winning them, getting through them, uh, and having to prepare for them. So I think that did help him, uh, for sure. So despite uh, being a tournament that I'm sure, you know, a lot of people will forget about him winning uh, because it's a 250, uh, I will always remember it because uh, I do think it definitely helped contribute to that Australian Open win. And then the 500, I think, was Acapulco, which I'm pretty sure was a uh, was a 500. And... Um, yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> really good win there as well. Uh, he That's when he was going on his fantastic run. Uh, also in the final of Indian Wells, lost to Taylor Fritz, of course, because of injury in that uh, in that same period. Uh, for Djokovic, well, uh, talking about 500s and 250s, uh, so two in total for him. Astana, which is Nur Sultan, where he beat Medvedev in the final. Was it? No, not in the final. He beat Sitsipas in the final. Did he? No, sorry. Excuse me. He played Medvedev and Tsitsipas. I don't think he played either in the final. Um, but he was very impressive in that tournament, I thought. Uh, very, very slow hard courts, but still just adapted superbly. Uh, managed to come through. And then, of course, won Tel Aviv as well. Uh, then if we're talking about total titles, well, four and five. Um, but what I really want to talk about is some of these more interesting stats. Because, you know what? Why not? Uh, so you can see here, uh, well, you won't be able to see it. I can see <laughs> I've got them in front of me. But in terms of win percentages, I said 83% for Nadal, 87.2% for Djokovic. If you want to talk about overall record, so 39 and 8 for Nadal, 41 and 6 for Djokovic. And it really was uh, swung because of the ATP Tour finals. Nadal, of course, only winning one match out of his three matches he played at the ATP Tour finals. Djokovic winning five, right, matches and no losses. So uh, that really swung it uh, in favor of Djokovic for sure uh, and was the decider in terms of the overall uh, win percentage. On surface, talking about surfaces, um, it's an interesting one on, on surfaces because for hard court, uh, Nadal is at 80%, 24 and 6. For Djokovic, He's at 90.9%, 20 and 2, so a better record on the hard courts. Clay courts this year, 10 and 2 for Nadal, 
83.3%. 14 on four for Djokovic, 77.8%. So, uh, as you can probably imagine, more favorable for Nadal. And on the grass, actually equal in terms of percentage uh, because both players just played Wimbledon this year. There aren't many grass court tournaments around. 5 and 0 because uh, you, you know he didn't play against Kyrgios. He pulled out uh, before uh, he actually even competed in it. So 5 and 0, 7 and 0 for Djokovic of course winning Wimbledon. So both have a, uh, the same win percentage. Now, interestingly as well, I know a lot of people will say well, you know, Djokovic <clears throat> would be the massive favorite on, on grass and I agree he would be a favorite on grass. But the record between the two, uh, and bear in mind this is on over the span of their whole careers, is two and two. So I, I would have been intrigued to see that final. Of course, we never we never saw it, and and maybe we will never see them play again on grass, which would be a massive shame. But hopefully, we see some matches between the two next year. We shall see. Uh, level breakdown. Uh, talking about Grand Slams, Tour Finals, Masters, ATP 500s, ATP 250s. I don't really think we sort, we need to look into that too much. This is more interesting. Opponent rank breakdown. So interestingly, now this is where I think this could swing a little bit for me and kind of help me decide. Because when you look at the win percentage, like Djokovic has the superior win percentage just. I mean, we're talking, we were just talking about it. I mean, 4% is not really much, and especially given the amount of matches played. Uh, Nadal's got two slams, Djokovic's got one. He's also got the ATP Tour Finals, though. Um, you know, he's got a couple of 500s and 250s, as does Nadal, uh, but he's got the Masters tournament as well, uh, so in Rome. But then we talk about opponent breakdown, and, and this is a little bit... Uh, it's not misleading, I don't think, but what it is is a good indicator to show you how well these guys competed against the top, top players. Of course, you can only play who's in front of you, though, so that needs to be catered in because for someone like uh, and we'll go for either of these players if they haven't played a top player but progressed deep into a tournament that's just because the top players have been knocked out so they can't you know they can't help that uh, they can only play who's in front of them of course so nadal is actually the only one to play a world number one uh, and he only played them once, so he has a 100% win record. Djokovic didn't play a world number one this year in terms of they weren't world number one at the time he played them. So, of course, he has played world number ones this year, but they haven't been world number one at the time he played them. Versus top five, Nadal's 5-0, and oh, Djokovic 6-1. and one. I mean, both incredible statistics, but Nadal hasn't lost a single match to anyone in the top five. Djokovic only the one, six wins. Versus top 10, eight and three for Nadal. So, okay, pretty impressive. For Djokovic, though, 11 and three. So, 73% for Nadal, 79% for Djokovic. This is versus top 10. So, interestingly, Nadal has won against the kind of the, the creme de la creme, right? The top one, well, number one, number one when he played him, uh, the top five. Uh, he's, you know, beaten them and not lost a single match. Djokovic has only lost the one, but still, you know, like still favorable for Nadal. But when it's come to top 10 and then top 20 here as well, 72% is Nadal's win percentage against the top 20, 13 and five. 18 and four for Djokovic, 82%. Djokovic is more favorable for top 10 and top 20, which almost doesn't really make it any easier, to be honest with you, because 
I guess you give more uh, more credit to the wins against the top five players because that's just the way it is. But nowadays, with how the rankings are, it's not. It's tough, right? You probably need to really drill down at every single player that they actually played at that time. Um, and interestingly, like the the site that I pulled the stats from, uh, they gave goat points, which is very interesting. So, uh, and the three categories on how they do it: so tournament ranking and achievements. So, tournament they gave a twenty-four to Nadal, twenty-five to Djokovic, eight points to Nadal for ranking, seven to Djokovic, two for Nadal and achievements, one for Djokovic. I'm assuming the achievements is the Grand Slams. So, thirty-four they gave as of the overall points to Nadal for his goat points, and for Djokovic thirty-three. So, like incredibly close i think it just shows how close in terms of performance and level both these guys uh show throughout the year and it's interesting because the first half of the year really was nadal's nadal's year right everyone's talking about oh that he might do the calendar slam he won the australian open he then won roland garros he was in a fan he was in a fantastic winning streak and he went into wimbledon of course and it was like oh he could win wimbledon potentially because he made the semi-finals but then he got injured of course didn't win the US Open. But Djokovic, he couldn't play uh, the Australian Open. Lost at Roland Garros to Nadal. No shame in that, of course. Uh, but then won Wimbledon uh, in really good fashion. Uh, wasn't able to play the US Open, but won, you know, made the final of Paris. Won the ATP Tour Finals. Played really well on the Labour Cup. Uh, so all of those things, like he had a really good back end to the year um, from Wimbledon onwards, really. And then there were those kind of in-between... I guess in that first half of the year, there was a little dip where Alcaraz played really well. Like he won uh, Miami and he won Madrid, for example. And in the back end of the year, of course, he won the US Open. And that was again a little dip there from Alcaraz. And, and it's interesting because he has been consistent throughout the year, but he's had very concentrated dips. Like when I say dips, that's not the right word because, of course, it's not a dip. He's had a couple of spikes throughout the year where his level has really risen. Of course, he had that fantastic run against Nadal and Djokovic where he beat both of them uh, consecutively to then win the title. So, you know, it's very tough to know who's had the best 2022 out of Nadal and Djokovic because the stats after just looking at them, uh, you can you can see it's very, very tight. And, you know, for me, I give more emphasis to Grand Slams one, but then it's tough because Djokovic wasn't able to compete in two of the Grand Slams. Uh, and the, the two that he was, he won one of them and then lost to Nadal on the other. And, but then I guess you can say, well, for Nadal, he competed in four, but the two that he competed at the start of the year, he won. Uh, in the third one, of course, he... Uh, well, in the third one, he got injured. So, you know, what's to say he doesn't win it? I mean, of course, Djokovic is a favourite, etc. But, you know, you would say, well... It's anyone's anyone's guess, right? US Open, Alcaraz rightfully won it. Again, Nadal lost to TFO. Uh, similar, you can say the same thing about Djokovic at Roland Garros. And then you talk about win percentage. Djokovic is in front there, but for Nadal, you know he's got the better victories in terms of ranking of opponent. Look, I mean, you, you, both as I said at the start of this video, both players warrant being you know, being the the better player this year. I feel like there's an argument to be made. I would say personally, 
and, and again, I'm going to completely take out and uh, take out the outside of tennis, you know, scenario and uh, and factors, and just focus on the tennis that was actually played. I would just edge it to Nadal, and the reason why is because I do I personally place a really big emphasis on Grand Slams, and again, this is why I said I'm excluding the outside factors because I feel like if you get stuck in the outside factors then it, beco- it becomes very very murky and I just think it's easy to just focus on the tennis now I can see why someone would give it to Djokovic of course and, and that's why I've, I've made this video to discuss both players and how you know people could go for Djokovic and say Djokovic had a better season or you could go for Nadal Either way, I think, you know, it wouldn't be an outrageous claim. Uh, But fantastic season for both players. We're very, very lucky, of course, to have them on tour. Uh, I cannot wait to see them play in 2023. I think it's going to be a fantastic season. And hopefully both stay fit for the whole season, which would be incredible. I can't wait. I genuinely can't wait because I think what both of these guys have done is they've shown the... Well, not just the younger crop, everyone on tour that look, we're still here, like we're still prevalent. We can still boss you guys. We can still win slams. You're going to have to really earn it. And I think Djokovic made a good point and said, I don't want these guys to him because I want to compete with them. Um, you know, I want to be part of this generation. And he's, you know, both these guys are now coming past 35. It's an, it's an incredible thing to see. And they're still competing at the highest level. Uh, thank you very much, guys, tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Remember to hit that like button and do subscribe if you are new. Also, do check out the Slices Monday Bagel newsletter. Uh, the link is in the description of this video. Thank you very much, guys. Stay safe and well. I'll see you in the next video.